It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Magic enter the All-Star break on a tough loss. A better understanding of what they have to do to win and a long road ahead. We'll get to all of it after Tuesday's loss to the Toronto Raptors. We'll get to it now on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is February 15th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic enter the all-star break. And we have a better sense and understanding of what this team can accomplish and how far it still has to go. We're going to get to all that, especially within the context of Tuesday's loss to the Toronto Raptors. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. The search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. You know, the Orlando Magic have struggled on the back end of back to backs. They are now 1 in 10 on the second night of a back to back. Their defensive rating, at least entering. Tuesday's game was 122 points per 100 possessions. Uh, it, it got worse uh, after Tuesday after Tuesday's loss to the Raptors. For for whatever reason, this Magic team hasn't figured out how to reach down and get wins on the second night of backbacks. Fortunately, there's only two left this year. There's a back-to-back in LA, so no travel. That should be good. 
um, a Clippers-Lakers back-to-back, and then there's a, a, a bad home road back-to-back late, or another back-to-back late in the season uh, with Cleveland and Brooklyn. So, uh, in some respects, it's not that Orlando lost Tuesday that that, that matters and that, that, that feels bad. Um, I know a lot of Magic fans wanted to say it was a must-win game. It, it was not. Um, Toronto is above 10th, 10th place, so... It's not a must-win game in that sense. Um, it would have been nice to have. I'm not going to sit here and say that. We're not at the point of must-win games. We're at must-win stretches. Orlando needed to split this road trip, which they did. Um, but the Magic are getting to a point where they have to start building wins and have to start finding wins. And losses like Tuesday nights, losses like Saturdays against Miami, losses like last week's game against the Knicks, those are the losses the Magic have to start avoiding. Um, and they have to find ways to scratch out these wins. And we can say all this because things have changed for the Orlando Magic. Now, we'll get into the box score, we'll get into the specifics of this game, but really, as the Magic enter the All-Star break now, as the Magic get ready, or, or kind of take this break, get this reset, and hopefully it's a reset for everybody. Wendell Carter needs, needs some time off his feet to, to hopefully get that plantar fascia strain under control. Um, you know, Franz Wagner has been playing basketball nonstop since July. I, I think he has hit a bit of a wall because of how much basketball he's played. Paolo Bancaro's hit the rookie wall. Cole Anthony's dealing with a wrist injury. Uh, everybody needs this break. And I'm very glad that the Magic get nine days off, that, that, that they're one of the first teams to hit the All-Star break, that, that they are at the break, um, so that they can take this collective sigh before the sprint to, to the end of the season and, 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 and toward the end of the year. But the Magic have to come out of the break understanding that everything has changed. Everything for this team has changed. They want to talk about the play-in tournament. Even Jamal Mosley mentioned the play-in chase after Tuesday's game. Doing that... And being about making the postseason, about taking this important next step, doing that raises the standard for everybody. And that's where the Magic are. The goal from the beginning of the season was to level up. They wanted to play meaningful games later in the season. They wanted to feel and experience what it was like to win. And yes, even failing at that is important so that you can learn and grow and get success. And that's largely what the Magic have done. Nearly three-quarters of the way through the season, and even we could throw out the first quarter of the season because the, the, the Magic were so injured starting 5-20, and 20, according to David Steele's Is This Anything? We'll give him a bell for this. Uh, the Magic have the best record of any team that started 5-20 and 20 in NBA history. That's, you know, maybe putting lipstick on a pig a little bit, but... There is something real about this Magic team and about what they've accomplished to, to close the gap a little bit. However, now that they've leveled up, now that they know they can win and, and win fairly consistently in this league, now that they know what is possible, now they have to do the next step. Now they have to continue to do more, continue to grow, continue to evolve. Because... Leveling up wasn't just the goal for the season. It was to level up again, and level up again, and level up again until you are a championship contender. And obviously, 
That's not something that happens in one fell swoop. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that just occurs. It's something that you work on, you grow toward, you fail at. You take steps forward, you take steps back, but ultimately you get better and and, and, and improve. And, and again, that's what we've seen this year. That's why this season has been such a success. But the Magic want to do more, and they should, and they are capable. Yes, four games, the 23 to go, is a big gap to climb. But frankly, the Magic have been treading water here for the last month. They're consistently 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. They've been about 500 now for a little while. So, we have, so yes, the Magic are a 500 team. That's great. That's progress. We love that. Now they have to take the next step. And that's what this last quarter of the season is is about. Is raising that standard further. And that's why Tuesday's loss against Toronto was disappointing. A loss like Tuesday night could easily be explained away by fatigue and by this team's inability to play play on the second night of back-to-backs. And Toronto's a very good team, a solid team playing very well. Um, You know, the Magic just didn't didn't have it. But by the same token, Orlando didn't play to the game plan. They gave up offensive rebounds. They turned the ball over. They lost their focus and their intensity. And yeah, they had guys who had individual games, but their defense was in shambles from the start. These are the kind of games that are increasingly unacceptable for this young franchise. For this team to grow and get where it wants to be, these are the kind of games that can't happen anymore. Or or, or these are the kind of games that this Magic team wants to eliminate from their record. And sure, you could argue, yeah, the Raptors shot 60%. They still only won by 10. Orlando stayed in the fight. And yeah, Orlando stayed in the fight. I will give them that. But that's not enough anymore. That might have been something we could say back in November. And I remember back in November... The Magic played a completely non-competitive game in Toronto, uh, and we said at that time, like, look, at least fight to the end. At least, at least, you got to show up. Being non-competitive isn't an option. Well, we've grown so much since then that fighting isn't enough. Now we need to see the team play to win every game. And some games you're going to lose, obviously, and you're not going to win everything. But what's disappointing about this game is that the Magic didn't play their style. It's a lot of isolation play. The style that gets them stuck is, is how they played. A lot of isolation, a lot of turnovers, a lot of just, I don't want to say lazy, but unfocused play. And on top of that, just poor defense and, and just a parade to the basket. The inability to box out and gang rebound. Just the ball was flying all over the place. And the Magic took what was a really impressive comeback in the second quarter uh, and a halftime lead and kind of frittered it away. They never got blown out. They were able to keep themselves in it, but they, but sort of like how they're sitting in the standings right now, they fell behind, they caught up a little bit, but they couldn't get over the hump. They couldn't string together that those full plays that got them all the way back in it. Take this as a learning lesson then. Take this as a, a team, as a group that is trying to put all the pieces together. No doubt that's what this team is trying to do. 
But the Magic have to believe and stand for more to get where they want to go because as exciting as this play-in chase is, this season's still not about this season. And the play-in chase and what it's going to take for the Magic to make up that ground is really a stand-in for what this team's next evolution is going to be. We already see it. We already sense it as we enter this All-Star break. Like, yes, the season doesn't hinge this year on making the play-in. Would it be great to make the play-in? Absolutely. It's just as valuable for this group to get the experience of playing these meaningful games and even failing in these meaningful games so that you know what it's going to take next year. Because I think we could all agree and we could all say the 2024 season is going to be about making the playoffs. And that's the standard that's been raised today. And the standard this team has to play to the rest of the season. We're going to go through the final box score, talk a little bit more specifically about this game. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a word from our, a word for our pals at Prize Picks. The NBA season is still going. I assure you, it doesn't stop until Thursday. Then we all take our break. We head to beautiful Salt Lake City. I'm not going to be there, but I I, I will always stand for Salt Lake City. Great city. Utah is one of the one of the wonders of the natural world. Um, but there's still NBA games going on. Whether you're looking at Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, or you know, shoot. You can check out the co- some of the college stuff. I'll be watching my Northwestern Wildcats take on the Indiana Hoosiers. Get some uh, Jack, uh, get some Jackson Trace Davis, I think is his name. Um, they have some NBA prospects on, on Indiana, and Northwestern's going to smoke them because that's what they do. Uh, but, so if you want to play daily fantasy and get in on all this action, you got to play prize picks. Here's how it works. You pick two to six players, and if they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times on any entry. Unlike other daily fantasy games, this is not competing against other people. You're not in these giant pools with very little chance of even getting your money back. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. So if you think that Joel Embiid's going to score 28 points tonight, you take you take the you, you pick say that he will score more than 28 points. It's really even. It's really that simple. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you watch, including NBA, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball. WNBA, NASCAR, and a whole lot more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. They have safe and fast withdrawals. They're currently operational in more than 30 states and in Canada. Download download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
All right, let's go through the final box scores. The Orlando Magic fall to the Toronto Raptors, 123-113. to As I mentioned earlier, uh, the Magic found themselves down early, um, and they, they rallied. You know, I, I got to give this team a lot of credit, um, you know, for how they fight. Uh, again, effort, effort has rarely been the issue this year. Um, this team scraps, they play hard. Uh, what, they're, what they lack at times is precision and attention to detail. And that's things that you expect from young teams. Veteran teams know how to stay steady, know how to adjust when something isn't going right, how to fill in that gap. Young teams don't know how to do this. Um, and, and the Magic have been good, and they've been they found ways at times. And even in this game, they found some ways. But, you know, they still get out-veteraned by veteran teams. Um, you know, there's just a lot of situations this Magic group hasn't seen hasn't been through, and sometimes it just feels like they're fighting uphill to kind of get where they want to be and get to the get to the places they want to be. Uh, you know, this this game's a great example. Uh, you know, the Magic were down early, not down big, eight nine points. Like they're 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 struggling. Toronto's shooting a crazy percentage; they shot seventy percent in the first half. But the Magic worked their way back in with a forty three point second quarter, and a lot of that go, goes to J- Jalen Suggs. Twenty four points, nine for twelve shooting, three for uh, three for six from deep. Three for four from the line, four assists, two steals. Um, you know, three turnovers, definitely a problem. You know, Jalen got a little bit out of control at times, but Jalen Suggs is starting to find his outside shot and shoot it with more efficiency and more confidence. And you could feel that confidence everywhere, but Suggs, everything with Suggs starts on the defensive end. And, and it's just it's just really difficult to deny him when he's on the floor. Now, can this scale up? Can this be something that the Magic turn into a starting role? Can can Suggs be the the backcourt creator that this team seems to be missing? Seems to be missing. Can he spread the floor with a shot? These are all fair questions for the big picture. But right now, in the role that the Magic have Suggs play uh, off the bench as that defensive ace, um, he has been he has been extremely good, and, and he's really embraced the role, and he's he's playing it to a T. Like. I like the idea of finishing games with him more and more, um, especially when he's playing well like he did uh, on Tuesday night. But I also think that I also think that uh, that that Suggs works in this role. That this is this is the right way to use Suggs at least for now. We'll see what he looks like after an off after a hopefully health, healthy off season. But this works for Suggs. He's playing under more control. He's, under, he's playing with more poise, and his defensive chaos is just huge. Like, he just gets after everyone on defense. Um, there are only two players that had a positive plus-minus in this game uh, for the Magic. Jalen Suggs was plus-nine in a game that the Magic lost by 10. That, 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 that doesn't tell you everything, but it shows you what a big impact he had. He had most of his points. He had uh, 19 of his 24 in the first half. So, you know, again, it's, a, it's spurty right now with Suggs. But, you know, the Magic couldn't, kind of find the support, kind of lift, because outside of Jalen Suggs, everyone else had a problem in this game. Like, you know, Wendell Carter had 26 points, 11-15 shooting, 3-for-6 from deep, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. He did a lot of really, really good things. Uh, So, you know, I don't want to say Wendell Carter had necessarily a a really poor game, but he really struggled on the interior. Um, The Magic were switching a lot. The Raptors play a weird lineup. They have essentially Scotty Barnes at the 2, and so that puts... That, that created a mismatch somewhere on the floor at every turn. Whether it was Gary Harris guarding Pascal Siakam, whether it was the switching that led to smaller players guarding Jakob Pertl. For the first time in a while, the Magic felt like the smaller team. And they were the smaller team. 
And so Wendell Carter was switching a lot on the perimeter to kind of counteract some of that size. And it's, the Raptors just feasted uh, with Pirtle on the inside. Uh, I think that part of the Magic's problem in this game was the scheme and, and the game plan that they used. But then again, but at the same time, the Magic weren't really playing physically. They, they were definitely playing on the back foot and playing catch-up the entire way, uh, and even when they were leading. Uh, and so the Raptors just kind of feasted. I mean, Pirtle had 30 points, nine rebounds, five, uh, six blocks. Five of his nine rebounds were offensive rebounds. We'll get to the rebounding here in a sec. But when you know, Wendell Carter had six total rebounds. Paolo Bancaro had one. Franz Wagner had zero. And, and frankly, Carter didn't have a lot of rebounds at halftime. This is kind of the big bugaboo. There, there are two issues for the Magic overall um, this season. Um, the first is their rebounding is super inconsistent. Um, they do rank well rebounding. They're, I think, 13th in the league in defensive rebound rate. So it's not like they're a poor rebounding team. But they will have games like this where they give up a lot of timely rebounds. They need everybody to rebound. Like, Paolo Bancaro has done a really good job lately while he's been in this little shooting slump of adding rebounds, of getting rebounds, of getting to the boards, finding a way to contribute elsewhere. Uh, and he just didn't really do that this game. There just wasn't a lot of activity around the basket. The Magic were getting constantly outworked under the rim. And, you know, this is something that is not a team strength. You know, Wendell Carter's a solid rebounder. Ben Carroll's not a great rebounder. This is something everybody has to contribute to. Everyone has to be bound. I know the Magic want to get out and run, but they got to secure rebounds first. It is hard to get out and run. You know, why did the Magic score 43 points? It's because they forced a lot of turnovers. They got out in transition. They were able to get into a good flow and into a good rhythm. They weren't allowing Toronto to shoot because they were making all their shots. Uh, that was a big factor in this game. I mean, I can't remember the last time the Magic had fewer than 30 total rebounds in the game. Um, you know, again, a lot of that is Toronto made a lot of shots. A 60.2% shooting, only 8 for 24 from beyond the arc. So uh, the Magic gave up a lot of opportunities from uh, a lot of opportunities and a lot of a lot of them on second chance points. Again, you look at it, uh, Orlando forces 20 turnovers for 26 points. That's what kept them in the game. But Toronto still has 22 fast break points to Orlando's 12. Uh, they have 18 second chance points on 13 offensive rebounds. That's, again, just inexcusable. Toronto scores 74 points in the paint. 54 points in the paint for Orlando is usually enough for them to win. But Orlando was giving up tons of dribble penetration, tons of shooting at the rim, tons of offensive rebounds. Just, it was, this, this Magic team can play really good defense. They played one of their worst defensive games. They had one of their best defensive games of the year Monday. They had one of their worst defensive games of the year Tuesday. Um, it's just consistency. It's you got to be about defense. When you're tired, you got to be about defense. That's what's going to carry you through. You got to muck these games up. You got to make them ugly as all heck to win these kinds of games. And again, I think that starts a little bit with Wendell Carter. I think he's got to be that player um, on the interior. And look, he scored, which was nice, but he really wasn't that guy. Marco Fultz also had a solid game. 19 points, 7 for 15 shooting. Four for four from the foul line, six rebounds, five assists. He did have three turnovers as well. Um, four of the Magic's five starters had three turnovers. Gary Harris is the only one who does not, and he just doesn't handle the ball enough to, to, to commit turnovers. Um, just Again, just too many turnovers, 19 for 29 points. That was a big factor in Toronto eventually pulling away in the third and fourth quarter. Um, but when Fultz was on the floor, everything really flowed well. Uh, he, he does a good job directing traffic, and he's just getting much more uh, confident and assertive on the ball, especially attacking the basket. I think he's... Just done a, a a really 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 good job, just being a presence on the floor. I, I really love the job that that Fultz has done and and what he has really developed into for this team. So a lot to like like with Fultz. 
The Magic's two main guys continue to struggle, though. Paolo Bancaro, 13 points, 5 for 13 shooting. Uh, didn't get to the foul line 3 for 4. That's that's really the big difference for him right now is he's not getting to the foul line as much as he used to. His good games, he'll have 7-8 free throws. His bad games, he'll be at 4-5. Like, it's, it's, literally, it's literally those small things, and those little things get him into a rhythm. And, and you can tell when he's in rhythm, he's attacking, he's mixing things up, he's not settling. Uh, right now, he's struggling to get the call and struggling to get to the foul line. So I think, you know, maybe we're a little spoiled early on, but Paolo's got to find a way to, to finish. I, I think I think he needs a break more than anything else. I think he's really hit the wall hard. And I'm actually, honestly, a little disappointed he's playing in the skills competition on Saturday because I'd like him to just get, get you know, do his thing Friday night, get out, get out of Salt Lake City, Go back to Seattle, enjoy some time with the fam, just get off his feet, just just relax a little bit, uh, and then come back to work uh, Tuesday uh, for practice and, and be ready to go. Franz Wagner also struggled. Nine points, three for nine shooting, six assists, though. Uh, we got to get Franz Wagner's shot total up. Um, some of that is Franz has got to insert himself into the game. I don't think that's uh, that's something we talked about a lot last year. That's just not his natural state. He, he isn't someone that demands the ball. You have to kind of find him, and so the ball has to move to him. 26 assists is still a good number for Orlando for, on 43 makes. Um, but Franz is still making plays. Don't don't take Franz's shot total to tell you that he's not making plays. He is still making plays and, and doing a lot of good for this Magic team. But it, it's, again, the Magic need more of it. He is too important to be taking just nine shots in the game. He is too important to not be that involved offensively and not be that aggressive offensively. And so Orlando's got to find a way to get him involved. Again, Orlando played a really strong offensive game. 113 points, 51.2% shooting, 13 for 31 from beyond the arc. These are games you have to win. But the Magic gave it away on offensive rebounds, 13 offensive rebounds again. They gave it away on turnovers, 19 for 29. They did the things that you cannot do against Toronto. Toronto is a great offensive rebounding team. They are a great fast-breaking team. You give them those opportunities, they are going to feast and kill you. And, and that's exactly what happened. Yaka Pirtle again with 30 points. Pascal Siakam with 26 Fred Van Vliet with 10 points, 15 assists. He did have five turnovers as well. Uh, Scotty Barnes with a, a fairly quiet 17, to be honest. But a lot of that, again, working the offensive glass. Three offensive rebounds for him. Pascal Siakam, uh, or, sorry, uh, uh, Jakob Pertl with five offensive rebounds. Just The Raptors just completely outworked Orlando uh, on the glass and stole those points and stole those opportunities. And it, this Magic team is just not going to be able to make that up. The Orlando Magic fall to the Toronto Raptors 123-113. to we're at the All-Star break, so we will take a breather and, re- and reset the season. We'll, we'll preview what's coming up the rest of the week uh, up, coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and cal- calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. You know, we're still in February. I think, I think New Year's resolutions are still kosher. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier. I'm sure yours is too. So if you're like me and you love to snack, I love to snack. I'm sorry. I, I my 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 cue that I need to go to the grocery store is that I'm out of Oreos. That's just how I that's just how I roll. But if you if you're like me and you like to snack, you should reach for a Built Bar to add to to to, to replace some of you, some of your kind of unhealthy chocolate snacks. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You will not think they're good for you, and they're perfect for whatever New Year's resolutions you're still trying to keep. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 1% real chocolate, so you get that chocolate fix. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but every bar that I've tasted, honestly, even flavors that I wouldn't think I'd like, I just absolutely love. I, I will I will get the sampler packs and just take whatever they give me 
because they are so delicious. All the bar, most of the bars are only 130 calories with four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You don't need to wait around to get a box anymore either. For years, we've talked about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, which of course you can still do, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to your local Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, delicious, double chocolate, delicious, coconut puffs, not my style, but still delicious. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Check it out today. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we are at the all-star break. Uh, we're going to spend uh, a little bit of time here um, uh, for the rest of the week, uh, kind of wrapping up the trade deadline a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll have my retrospective on Terrence Ross. Uh, I'll post that to OrlandoMagicDaily.com probably in the next few days, but we'll we'll talk about Terrence Ross a little bit and his legacy now that he is uh, almost officially signed with the Phoenix Suns, that that deal is not official as of press time, although it is widely rumored, and, and Terrence posted that he is on a plane to parts unknown. Um, but we will we'll talk a little bit about Ross and, and his legacy with the Magic as well as what to expect from All-Star Weekend here. Um, to, 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 on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we will do kind of a bigger, deeper uh, thought or, 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 or kind of pullback of what we've seen from the Magic so far this season. All-Star Break's just a great time to just kind of sit back and reflect a little bit. And, you know, before we get to that, like I said earlier, this is... This has been a, a wildly successful season. As frustrating as the moment is, as tantalizing as the play-in tournament is, and be tantalized by it. Like four games out is hard, but not impossible. It, it is doable. This team, I, I honestly, I expect this team to pass Indiana. I, the Magic play the Pacers. I think the Saturday after the All Star break, the Magic will pass Indiana. We're going to be twelfth in the East very, very soon. Um, you know, I, I think that. I think that is. As much, you know, it's like Formula One. You, you got to finish in the points. Um, you know, you, you, you got to pass so you can pass sometimes. Um, but uh, but I, I really, I really, you know, yes, the Magic should be aiming to do more. The Magic should be trying to do more. The Magic should be trying to be more. But also take a moment and step back and understand how far this team has come. Um, beyond, outside of another 5-20 and 20 finish, this season has been a smashing success, has been a wild success. And yes, the way that the Magic are playing right now and their inability to make up ground in the play-in race raises questions about this team and what it needs to do to be successful moving forward. I was texting with a, with a buddy of mine about, about this team and like, man, what the, you know, the Magic need this, the Magic need this, the Magic need this. And and, and, and you know, I was agreeing with a lot of them. I was like, you know, yeah, I'd love to have like a Martian Gortat uh, tight backup center. Like, we, like there, are, there, there are very clear things that the Magic need and clear things that keep arising that will help this team and, and, and kind of help them take that next step. But this is a guy that, that's 
you know, that covered the team during during the rebuild with me. And he said, you know, it's nice to just have clearer vision and idea of what this team needs to be successful rather than just hoping that players on the roster get better. Players on the roster will get better, but, you know, honestly, even if Paolo kind of plateaus or Franz plateaus next year, getting key role players and, and knowing and knowing, hey, we need a, a strong defensive backup center. We need more shooting. You know, we the, the things that this Magic team needs, knowing those more clearly is going to help this team step forward and 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 and, and or is a sign that this team has stepped forward, that the needs and, and how this team becomes a postseason team are just that much clearer. And that's part of what this season was. Like it, it's it it seems reductive or it seems silly to say that that it's not about wins and losses, but this season was about figuring out what this team needs for its next steps, and we are seeing that, we are understanding that, we are 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 are, are living it every day and seeing hey, this team has something to work with. It just needs X Y Z. That's that's humongous progress. Um, and we can begin focusing and looking at who those players are or, or what moves the Magic need to make uh, as we get closer to the offseason. I'm going to spend some of this All-Star break kind of prepping for the draft a little bit and prepping for uh, free agency because those are going to be massively huge for this franchise and massively huge for this team. It is it is an exciting time to be a Magic fan. Um, as we enter the All-Star break, as we, as we kind of take this pause, there is frustration. And that frustration is a sign of that progress. This team has made significant steps forward. But very clearly, there are more steps to take. And and everyone is excited to take those next steps. What I would say is, as frustrating as some of the failures can be, for now, enjoy the journey. There is still no pressure. Everything is house money. Everything is a, is a learning experience. Everything is good. I know I have sat here time and time again and spoken about how important it is to learn how to win. This is what learning how to win looks like. What the Magic are doing this year and the struggles the Magic have gone through, that's going to be so valuable for this team moving forward. And for the first time in a long time, everything seems aligned for this team to take some major steps forward on the court as much as it does off the court. In all likelihood, Orlando is going to end up with the 5th, 6th, maybe 7th best lottery odds. That's still in really good position, not only to win the lottery, but to get a really good player out of it. So I'm not worried about draft night. All I'm worried about is this team and how this team gets better and how this team takes its next steps forward because there's a lot to work with on the roster already. And that is such a great place to be. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the public cinema podcasts to your podcast enable listening device for latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out Into Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked on Magic, this is Phil Frost. We'll see you all next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.